0: I'm Linda Palacio,
1: host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Today's program was brought to you by Fairway Market, like no other market. A New York City institution that sells the best local, national, and international artisan foods for prices that can't be beat. For more information, visit fairwaymarket.com.
2: Hi, welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, September 9th. This is the 77th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is a top NYC hotel concierge, and I will introduce her in a moment. First, as I do in every show, I will start out with my PR tip. Then later, we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. Today's tip is to ask an expert. Don't be afraid to admit when you don't know something and get advice. People work in the service industry to help others, and it is their job. So when you have a question, speak up and let a pro guide you in the right direction. That's my tip today. Now, I'm very happy to have my guest here. It is Jeannie Valtzinas chef concierge at the viceroy new york hotel in midtown manhattan name a restaurant in new york city and Jeannie has been there since the start of her new york hospitality career working for tom colicchio at his legendary restaurant craft Jeannie has continued to develop a passion and taste for good food and good service she boasts over 13 years of New York hotel experience, including eight years as a concierge in exclusive uptown hotels and hip downtown boutique hotels. So welcome, Jeannie. Hi. Hi.
1: Thank you for having me, Sherry.
2: <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for coming out to
1: Bushwick. Not such a far track. I used to live very close by when the hipsters were in here. <laughs> oh, really? 18 years and counting, yes. Wow. So you've seen the neighborhood change. Okay. Drastically, Yes yeah in a good way, of course, but it's kind of sad too to see all the little mama shops that are gone now, yeah, but these big condominiums and you know
2: changes change a lot change is inevitable, but yeah, changes yeah. so becoming a concierge wanna want figure out your your career path so what was your background? Did you, did you think you want to get into the hospitality industry growing up?
1: Well, no. Um, I was actually, initially when I moved to New York City, it was to be an actress, oh. of course, like everyone else in the city. And um, I did. I studied at the American Academy for Dramatic Arts. And um, while I was there, unfortunately, I did have to work. And I became a server, at, as you mentioned. Um, actually, Tom Cliqueo's was, was not my first. It was a restaurant on Broadway called Punch and I was, I yeah, It's still there. Yes, exactly. Okay. So I started there and I also worked at a little Greek restaurant in, um, by NYU that's no longer there, of course, either and is now part of NYU. Um, so that's when I first started to really, really realize that I, I loved the industry, but again I came here for acting, so I pursued that instead. Um, once I graduated, I still didn't get into hospitality. I went into fashion and I did that for a little while, but also didn't like that as much as the hospitality side. So um, I randomly went to the Soho Grand, and they had an open call for everything. And I just applied, and they hired me as a lobby GSA at that time, it was called, which was pretty much a liaison between the front desk and, I guess, the concierge, kind of. So basically, when guests were kind of in in the lobby, they didn't know where they were going, I was kind of directing them. But at the same time, I was giving them a lot of advice and information just because I knew the city a lot. And I loved all everything about the city, so I was able to give them more accurate information. So from there, my supervisor at the time had seen that I was really passionate. He's like, would you actually want to work at the front office? And I said, not really, but I'd rather <laughs> get into the concierge side. But it's very, very difficult to get into that part of the... the the industry, believe it or not. Um, and I became a front office agent. And then from there, front office supervisor, continued in the hotel into sales. But my passion was concierge, and I just wasn't getting it. The three people that I were presently working at the time were not leaving. And it was very hard for me to get a job there. So I attempted to quit. And then when I did, they finally had a position available. And then that's when I was hired.
2: Wow, yeah, so, so it took
1: a while. <laughs> you,
2: you, but you said you said GSA, so is that guest service guest service
1: agent? Yeah, agent, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, In my head sorry,
2: I, was, I <laughs> no. I was I was trying to think. At first, I was good. like sales agent. Like no, okay, no, no, guest, yeah, service, guest agent, service agent, I'm which sorry. is kind of
1: it's Ex- like a concierge. Absolutely. Um, again, not all of my guest service agents know that much, but I again am that person that was eager beaver and I really wanted to try to get noticed and i was trying to be the concierge and i shouldn't have been i got a little i got in trouble sometimes because like that's not your job and i'm like okay but <laughs> i love it please give me a chance and so why is it so hard to get in why does everyone um, want to be a concierge i mean everyone's different but i guess for me a i love i love helping people it's just something i've always loved doing from when i was a, a kid i just i love people making people happy and knowing that because of me, when they, like, you're in New York for a couple of days, and you have no idea what you're doing. But because of me, I created an itinerary for you that really was very memorable. And, and you're gonna come back for more. And it just makes me really happy. And being a concierge in the city, why is it so hard? Because I can't lie, the perks are great. You know, we get invited to all the Broadway shows that are coming up, a lot of restaurants invite you because they want you to know what's going on. And, you know, we need each other in the industry, obviously. Um, And, but that's not why I do it for the free things, of course. But, it is a nice perk to have and it just you meet so many amazing people. You really I have friends all over the world because of my job. I have traveled so much because of the people I've met through my job. So it's just a lot of fun. Yeah,
2: yeah. I've I've certainly had moments yeah. where I thought I wanted to be a concierge right, right. because I get it. It's the right. service industry and right. and being knowledgeable about a city and right. knowing telling people where to exactly. go.
1: And they trust you and that's mm-hmm. like which is scary too because i i i value what i i do so much and it, i get upset if i don't please someone but you can of course it's our business as you know some people no matter how good you are and what you say to them it's never enough but overall to hear that oh my god genie like i i can't believe if it wasn't for you i would never have gone to a b or c it just it's a nice feeling to know that oh my god i i created that i did but it's hard work too. I mean, I'm out every single day. It's not easy to have, you have to be on it. You know, as New York, we open things every minute.
2: Yeah. And there's so many openings. So many
1: openings in with social media and everyone, people know more than we do. It's scary. Like, I have some of my guests that will come in with a list and I think, how did you even know? And they're from like so far away, but either they're friends or other people, they don't let them know. So for me, I, I, I I really make a point of reaching out to restaurants before they even open. Because I just want to know like what's going mm-hmm. on and let them know that we're we also we, we want we're we're there for you guys as well because it's not easy for some of these newer restaurants that don't maybe have a name and are not recognized. When I reach out to them, they actually really appreciate it. They're like, Jeannie, it's not easy to reach out to twenty five million hotels in the city and let us let people know that we're around. Because of course the major ones are going to always get the recognition you know the carbone guys they're 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 just known everyone knows them. no matter what they're going to open now is golden right and like everyone everyone who has a name it's a little easier for them but some of these smaller mama papa joints it's really nice to reach out to them and say hey guys I heard you opening. You're in our neighborhood, or not in our neighborhood? And now Brooklyn becoming what Brooklyn's becoming. I'm having guests that would never touch Brooklyn before. They were scared. They're like, "Oh my God, are we are we are we allowed to go to Brooklyn?" I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Rent in <laughs> Brooklyn is more expensive than living in the city." And there's so many great things happening in Brooklyn. So it's really nice. Our my guests have changed now. Like before, even in the higher end hotels that I've worked at, where before you would never think that anyone from the Upper East Side would even attempt to go into the into Brooklyn. And right. now they're asking me about restaurants that like, wow, how did you even know about Bushwick? Yeah, so yeah. And yeah. I know you're
2: on it. I think that's yeah. why we became
1: friendly yeah, because exactly. we right. were just
2: talking restaurants <laughs> right, and right, right. and you and I are both kind of
1: obsessed with with knowing about what's happening in the, the food industry. Yeah, it becomes a little too too much sometimes. I feel like I, I can't stop. Like, I really, I'm on it every day. And and again, you're the same way. We don't even give people a chance sometimes. I'm there like second day in. And the poor guy just opened. And I'm like, oh... Okay, maybe I shouldn't be doing this so so quickly.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty early to yeah. go. I don't. I'm not the opening day person, no. but I think I, I usually go within the first few weeks the right. place is open to check it out. Yeah, and and getting back to being with your when you're talking yeah. about uh, uh, restaurants reaching out yeah. to you in PR, I've gone around door to door for some of my restaurant of course, clients. Right. Uh, pitching them or, or giving them an introduction like mm-hmm. the press release and the menu right. and inviting them in the same as I would do with the media right. I don't know I I assume other PR companies do the same thing but it's something that might or I don't know could get overlooked and yet at the same time it's it's a huge customer base for these restaurants especially neighborhood restaurants that are you know in the vicinity
1: absolutely um that's what I'm saying like it's your part of your job, and that's so great that you do that. I think it's a big help. Some, Unfortunately, there are some people, if you go to the hotel, they, they kind of are like, okay, thanks. Just leave us your information, and they just kind of forget yeah, about I you. Yeah, I got a lot of that. Yeah, you do get it, <laughs> yeah, right? I'm sure you do. So that's why I personally actually – I reach out to a lot of PR companies myself. I have like a list of – like, especially when newer things are opening mm-hmm. up, I make a point of calling the PR company before they're even on the radar and saying, listen – please the minute you know when you're opening or just give at least send me, as you said, a press release of the restaurant just so I can know what type of food you're serving, what your hours are. And I'll be honest, for the most part, some people are very responsive, but I've had some people that give me like real attitude and not even want to be responsive. I'm like, I'm not asking. I think also because some concierges do their job for the freebies, I will be honest. And a lot of these restaurants, I think, assume that I'm calling because I'm I'm hoping for a free dinner. I'm like, no. (laughs) It's not my personality at all. I just really want to know what you're all about. Right. Yeah. And I, as I said, majority of the people are more responsive than not. But it's yeah. difficult sometimes because I do get that a lot, even when I go out on my own. And if I introduce myself as a concierge, they automatically assume I'm doing it because I'm trying to get something for free. I found the boutique
2: hotels a little more approachable. And also, yeah. well, I think a major difference when you went to a larger hotel group, there were eight concierges. Mm-hmm. And so getting to the viceroy where you're at now so how many people are are on your team
1: there and when did you join and, okay, and decide so, to go
2: uptown well
1: actually after the soho grant my to, to be quite honest with you i always aspired to be uptown just because unfortunately in my industry you are more uh, respected in the finer five-star properties because people just get what a concierge does in the smaller boutique properties, people don't kind of recognize a concierge as much. It's changing a lot. Don't yeah, but get me wrong. Soho Grand is yeah. not... I don't no. consider it boutique. No, it, but it is, Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we weren't five-star, but it is... I, you're right. Maybe not so much boutique, but it's more of a trendier, stylish brand kind of... Yeah, They're all about cool. branding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very cool, and it was. And like I said, it was one of the best experiences I had working really, really... It taught me a lot about downtown. I got to know the Soho type of guests. I got to know all of that stuff. But for a concierge, to be honest with you, even becoming part of our association that we are in, which is the New York Association for Concierges, initially, we weren't really taken seriously as the Uptown hotels were. So even getting into the association was like, oh, really? Oh, we didn't even think that you guys wanted to be a part of our association. I'm like, well, yeah, we work just the same way you do. But again, I think the concierge industry is so old and it's a little more of that. Mm-hmm. It is. It's an older school mentality as well, but it's changing so much. It really has. And especially with all these newer hotels with the more kind of hippie, trendier styles, you know, it's changed. But I will still say some hotels are not even using concierge and they do front desk and concierge together kind of. So not every it's property. Yes. Not every property actually has their sole. So, for me, as I said, I aspired to be uptown, and then I luckily was able to get a job at the Mark after the Soho brand. Oh, okay. Which was an amazing experience for me because completely different clientele. Like, it was night and day. It really was an, un, it was actually really scary. The first two weeks I started, I was in shock at how different
2: it was. It was like. Well, that's Upper yeah, East upper, Side. Exactly. And, and, uh, the Mark restaurant or John George. George, George. Yes. Yeah. I've dined there once, right. but it's not, I don't do Upper East Side right. that much. Exactly. So but I, I can will see. tell you
1: the, the clientele was amazing. It really, yeah. it's a cross between very, of course, old school, but also very modern rich. So you had a bit of both, the best of both worlds because you didn't have, the, they weren't always so, you know, pretentious, but they were, but they weren't at the same time. And they really respected what a concierge does. They really did. They were, they, they put themselves in my hands, which is great. So I learned a lot being there. And, and I got to know the Upper East Side and the Uptown, which I never knew before because, you know, as New Yorkers, we're like, we like don't pass 14th Street. But because, like I said, with my job, you need to know everything. You mm-hmm. can't be so closed-minded. You have to know Upper East Side. You have to know Brooklyn. You have to know Queens. You have to know everything because a lot of these guests, especially now with social media, as I said before, they know things before we do. So for me, in order for me to be successful with what I do, I want to know everything. So I think that's what's given me like a lot of more credibility i know so the uptown and then viceroy approached me to be um, the chef concierge here which is a huge thing for me for my career of course it was a little hard for me to leave at first because i really loved mark i i had no reason to leave but of course you have to move up in your life and your career and when they gave me the opportunity i i took it and it was a little hard for me to say yes also because it's a new hotel We've, they've never had a viceroy before. This is the first property they've had in the city. We ha- we're worldwide, but this was the first New York property. And it opened what? Two? October. So this October will be my, oh, my just We're okay. just, yeah, we're, we're, we're really fresh. We're, this is yeah. our second
2: year. It seemed yeah. like a little longer. Right. You're right.
1: right. Yeah. Of course you're right. So it was, um, I felt for myself in my career, as I said, I think it was the best thing to do. Um, and it, again, it was a hard transition because it's midtown, so it's a completely different clientele. Right. You have a mix of uptown, but you also have a mix of a lot of business people too, and then you have almost close enough to Times Square clientele, so it's a bit of like everything, so I, I get it yeah, Definitely. and yeah, yeah, and you're a New Yorker and you're long enough, and where you live, so you do you, you know all of the different neighborhoods it's it's really interesting to see what kind of different people I get every day it's amazing,
2: yeah so okay, so I want to hear more about your day-to-day operation, but we're going to take a little break and come back and talk some more with Jeannie. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Hi, I'm Steve Jenkins from Fairway Markets. You know... There's no more telling aspect, no more revealing virtue of a group of people having evolved in a lovely way than how they feed themselves, how they entertain, how they put food on the table, what they put on the table.
1: Heritage Radio Network provides the clearest evidence that there's hope for us yet. Heritage radios like Fairway Market in that we both care deeply about what you're having
2: for dinner tonight. Heritage Radio Network is not just about food, though. Every time I tune in, I learn something about things other than food, too architecture, design, stuff like that. But from where I stand, I still say, if you can't eat it, what's the point? For more information, please visit fairwaymarket.com. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Chef Concierge Jeannie Valtzinas of the Viceroy New York Hotel chef concierge. I want to ask you about yeah. that because when I first met you and you told me that was your title I literally thought you were a chef concierge and I was like, oh that's awesome But and I think your job is still awesome but it doesn't necessarily mean chef as no. in restaurant chef no.
1: concierge chef for French. So it's what the, does it mean? <laughs> you are like, yeah I guess it's like you're the chief. I am the chief, chief concierge. Okay. Everyone thinks I misspelled my um, my uh, Signature on my email I'm like, no, it's chef, it's French Basically, but we're not chefs But technically you are, we are We're, we're the ones in charge So I oversee a team of, thre- of three Okay. To, with myself included as four So in terms of what our daily I mean, overall it can vary every day But the majority of it stays pretty consistent And when I get in in the morning Of course, um, the first thing I do is See my arrivals and who's coming in If we have any VI- VIPs that I have to know about anything going on in the hotel, of course. And as you know, we have a roof, um, roof bar, lovely, lovely roof roof bar, um, that is part of our hotel, but not, it's, it's part of another company, but it is of course part of our hotel. So I have to deal with what's going on in there. And like, for example, today they were closed for a private event and some people don't know that. So, you know, you have to make sure everyone is aware of whatever is going on in the hotel, basically. So once that's all done, um, of course I open my computer and I check my million of emails, and um, obviously prioritize which ones are more important, anything incoming, outgoing, anything that has to be done that day. So we get a lot of also requests from outside people, maybe amenities, for example. Like I had two birthdays today in a wedding and three people from the outside called. They wanted flowers for their guests. They wanted champagne. They wanted all that stuff. So that's something we have to do, obviously. And then not only am I dealing with emails, but then I'm dealing with five people in front of me at the same time asking me where they're supposed to go and it's raining and, the, and they need advice all day, every day. <laughs> so, What's what's the typical advice? Is it Broadway shows? Is it restaurant reservations? Exactly, yeah. Majority of it, I will say, is pretty consistent. It's like never, everyone always asks me, what's the craziest thing someone's ever asked you? And I'm like, you know what? I've never had anything that over the top, really. But um, a majority of them are restaurant requests, Broadway requests, um, museum requests, what's the hippest, hottest, new show, new restaurant, even um, touristy things like, well, you know, the Highline, where, where is the Highline, they've never heard of the Highline, what, what, what exhibitions are going on, and like, we really have to know a lot, we can't know everything, of course, but you really kind of have to be on top of your game, and the good thing with my team is everyone plays their own role, I'm definitely the food and uh, fashion kind of forward. My two other colleagues are amazing at Broadway. They know every single show. They know what every single show's about. They, they live and breathe Broadway. And then my other colleague, uh, who just is kind of very diverse in everything, which is great. He's more music and you know clubs and stuff like that where I'm, I feel like I'm so old I don't even know what's going on <laughs> in that part of the world anymore. But, um, so yeah, it's really great to have a team where each of you kind of feed off each other yeah, yeah. no you, that sounds that. sounds like it's yeah. a great balance yeah it's you need it you can't we all can't know everything and right. I'll be the first to admit it I don't I mean I know a lot but again everything changes every day something shuts down something opens so so what are your go-to restaurants mm-hmm. right now or if you have any you know what and it's so sad to say I'm such a creature of habit I as much as I go out to all of the new stuff happening when I do dine out my are you asking like personally when I go out or for guests my go-to's? I was thinking of guests, yeah. but you can answer it any way you'd like. <laughs> um, in, in both ways. So this is what I tend to do. My A very, very big part of a concierge is reading your guests. Now, if I knew someone like yourself, and if you approached the desk, I would know right away that I'm not sending you to the the restaurant that's on the corner just because you asked me for casual Italian. I know I would send you to more somewhere where I go on my regular, which is like somewhere like Peasant. It's been around forever. It's one of my favorite restaurants. They're so consistent. And again, why for me, what makes it a favorite is I'm someone that likes consistency. And that's why a lot of these restaurants that are still around is because of that. Maybe the food is not over the top. And oh, my God, that was like the best thing I've had in my life. But it's good food. And, and this, I, I was going
2: to say that's a good reminder for me to get back to Peasant because yeah. I haven't been there. Oh, in Oh, I
1: love it! It's one of my go-to's for sure. It's one of my go-to's for my guests. They always come back super happy because a they would never have gone there, mm-hmm. and it's just it's a nice New York feeling. It's not so touristy, and it's and it's yummy food. Um, that's a go. That's that's a good one. I. I I'm a v- and I'm very big in Japanese food, so I really like my Japanese cuisine. And Soto is one of them that I definitely recommend highly when I do sushi, just because it's not as high end, but it's pretty reasonable still. Or Sushi Dojo, I love in the East Village. Mm-hmm. He's amazing, and he's so reasonably priced for the quality so of the fish. So reasonably right. priced. <laughs> so again, it's reading your guests. Cause some people don't like that too casual. So then right. I would probably do Shuko, which is new, and I do like it. It's one of my I had new a great faves. Meal there. Yeah, I had a really nice meal there. Um, and even like Balthazar Like really uh, You can say yes It's a tourist trap But overall It's fun
0: mm-hmm. It's
1: again It's consistent You know what you're getting You're not getting Some over the top meal maybe But you know That Nicoise that I've had Ten years ago Is still the same Tastes the same You know And so, it represents and it, New York and it very much I don't know yeah, It really does For someone visiting It's I think probably it's, Believe yeah, it or not My I highest call. requested restaurant I've In all the three properties I've ever worked at balthazar still to this day is always the highest requested restaurant for sure yeah. yeah. And, so, and and in the hotel, you have Kingside. And right? we have Kingside, Mark Murphy. Which is Mark Murphy. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we have him and uh, Mark's great. Yeah. And now in my neighborhood where the Viceroy is, it's changing so much. Like, who wanted to eat in Midtown before? There's a lot There's happening. A lot. Look at is, Jonathan Waxman just opened up his mm-hmm. restaurant. Um, quality meats, quality Italian are very good, both as well. Um, again, like things that I never thought I would ever go to, I actually don't mind being in Midtown now. It's not yes. so bad. And Bentany, too. And Bentany, amazing. Yeah for, but, yeah, for high end, right? So it's definitely, we're, we're getting fortunate in that neighborhood. Whereas before, you were like, oof, who wants to go to Midtown to eat? You know,
2: Midtown. Yeah, no, no. Downtown people are coming uptown. Right, right. Exactly. It's changing a little bit. So let me ask you my questions I had from my last episode. Sure. I had on Executive Chef Rye Waddington of Winged Foot Golf Club and food and golf photographer Diana DeLucia of Golf Club World Book. We so were talking golf and food last show. Oh, my God, show. okay. <laughs> Different, Different, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Diana wanted to know, who
1: is your most influential mentor? Hmm. Ooh. You know what? Actually, I will. I will say it was Sarita Tavares, I think, had to be my first one. Um, she and I worked together at the Soho Grand, and it's actually because of her um, as to why they, brought, they, they hired me back on as concierge.
2: Okay. Yeah, she, they, nice. she
1: definitely pushed it for me a lot, and why she was my mentor is us. I, I, I really, really appreciate people, especially women. I'm sorry because I, I am a woman who are such hard workers and get to where they are because of the hard work that they do. And she's an unbelievable, unbelievable worker. Like she went from nothing to building her own restaurant empire, and then from there worked for. So many people, of course, in the industry And then did her own thing And then became the director of sales At my property, the Soho Grand And then from there is doing this other project And she's just always doing something And watching her just made me want to be That eager beaver as well And like, wow, she was amazing And she pushed me all the time She's like, you got it And I'm like, no, I don't think I do she's like, yes, you do Yes, you do And she pushed me all the time And I feel with her push It did get me to where I needed to be It's a little scary, you know it was scary and I'm not as much as I I think I'm that I I have that personality. I sometimes do get a little scared of my own self and I'm like, I I can't do it. I can't do it. But trust me, I, I I look like I'm I'm the little, I'm I'm the crazy lion, but underneath I'm like, Oh my God, but I'm learning. And having women like that in my life is, is amazing. And like, even when I met you, I was like, it was, I, I, people like you inspire me. I do. It's not easy to have your own business. And I've sometimes thought about it doing my own thing, but I'm not there yet, but being surrounded by people like yourself, and like I said, my mentor, it just it does give you a little more of a drive to know you can do it. It's not easy, but it's possible. So I well, thank thanks. you for that. No, I really I, I, I mean it. that. It's it's not easy for what you guys do, and you don't have you. You're your own boss, so you have to make the decision every day. I, it's a little easier for me. I, I go into a place, and you know. I don't like it I can I can leave but you if yeah. you don't like it you're like I'm stuck <laughs> I have to do this yeah. yeah being the boss is good but yeah. there's pros and cons to He's everything anything, for right? sure exactly but I'm so. all
2: for I'm all for anyone doing their own thing yeah, I, I, I encourage it because mm-hmm. I I think it's 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 great it really is so okay one more question from last week I had from Rye he said or he asked what's the difference between working for a global company like Viceroy as opposed to a single unit he said restaurant, but I think he meant hotel. Um, what are the differences between a larger or smaller? The larger, um,
1: well, when I, so the mark the mark was only one hotel, so they didn't okay. have any other ones. So I guess the difference is the I think the kind of good thing is, is there's nothing to compare it to, whereas where we struggle with people that have more than one property like the Viceroy, you do get that a lot. Oh my God, I stayed in the Anguilla property and it was the rooms were 3,000 square feet and I can't believe you guys don't have this. And and it's like, well, unfortunately, this is New York and the rooms are going to be smaller. That's just inevitable. It's New York City. We're not going to have the same amenities that they offer in Anguilla. So that's a little bit of a, a tough thing for us, really. As opposed to when you are at one property, there isn't anything to compare it to. So whatever you give them is what they know. You yeah, know? that so, makes sense. Yeah, how many properties do you have? 14 oh, now, wow. and then and they're keep coming. We're opening them up, up in Istanbul, we're opening up another one in um Dubai, we're opening up in Chicago, so we're growing as a company. Yeah, it's great, which is like, and again, it's great when you work for a bigger corporation. If you wanted to go somewhere else, it's a little easier for you to be working for another company because they like to hire with from within, so mm-hmm. it's great. So if you are someone that Maybe did want to leave New York and try another property. It would be easier for you to do so,
2: or at least travel and have right. a good place to stay. Absol- that's another thing. Yeah, the yeah. Employee the, discount.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> that was going to just say. Or working for a nice company, you definitely get the perks of staying at their properties outside of New York, right? So that's nice. Yeah. So I do like that. Um, I, I, I'm neither here nor there. I could do both, but that, that's as you said, the only great, better part of working for a larger corporation is. You do have a little more opportunities, for sure.
2: Terrific. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to take another break here. Sure. We're going to come back and do my speed round game okay. and talk some industry news. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Okay, we are back. This is On in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Jeannie Voltsinis. It's time for my speed round game. What this is is I'm going to name two things and you just pick your preference. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Eat in or eat out. Eat out. <laughs> Duh. Wine, beer, or cocktail? Wine. Tasting menu or
1: a la carte? Oof! You know what? I'm a, I'm I'm back in à la carte. Okay. Small plates or large plates? Small. Communal
2: table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. Uptown, downtown, or midtown?
1: Downtown. She's
2: Still downtown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, working the day shift or night shift? Day cheese plate or dessert cheese plate manhattan or brooklyn oh
1: damn that's hard uh i will still say manhattan good job you're
2: good at really good at that game (laughs) really you really got the speed part okay yeah no so people get stuck a lot no you know i i I know what i like (laughs) (laughs) very good Okay. So industry news. Um, one of the articles I, I noted this week was in the New York times. It was by Jeff Gordon, the called restaurants, take the din out of dining, basically talking about how there's new technology, uh, coming about that is helping with the noise issue in restaurants and noise has always been, a, a problem or, or something that just is increasingly, it seems like restaurants just get louder and louder. And, um, I just thought some of this stuff was really interesting. I mean, he was talking about how Untitled has in their ceiling this bas- baswa phone mm-hmm. which is some acoustic plastic, porous acoustic plastic that mops up the noise like a giant sponge. Mm-hmm. So, because Untitled has all hard surfaces. Hard surfaces, yeah. So you mm-hmm. wondered
1: how was it that you were able to have a conversation? Mm-hmm. So these tricks. Well, I actually am finding once you uh, sent me the article... The one thing that was amazing about working for Tom Flicko at Craft, he was probably one of the first people to do that. You know, their walls uh-huh. are all insulated. So okay. you can actually carry on a conversation. Yeah. Because I may not be that old, but I re- I can't tolerate noise. I when I dine, I want to speak to my friends and it's getting worse and worse when you go out. The stereo speaker is right on top of you. And I get it. I mean, you know, you, you want that kind of trendy hip and kind of cool atmosphere, but there's also A way of doing it And it's just getting worse and worse In some of these places So after reading this article I was like wow People are actually Finally considering The noise factor Because it's become Such a a big problem But years ago I'm going now What 2005-ish I guess And that's When when, when did Craft open I can't remember the exact time But Um, um, I would guess That's maybe A little older older. Um, Well did they celebrate Their 10th Yeah I can't remember But again They were one of the first Properties I ever worked at Where it was insulated walls. I'm like, this is amazing. You can really hear each other. It was it was beautiful. And you still had that nice restaurant feeling of the, mm-hmm. the, the music you can hear, but it wasn't like screaming at each other to hear each other.
2: Yeah. No, so, it's and I thought the article was interesting how it quoted Ken Friedman from yeah. The Spotted Pig yeah, right. because it's known for being a right. loud restaurant, right. and he's saying he's even getting tired of shouting. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> But um there's something with noise that I think you know people like Always having the worse. the energy Um another thing in this article I thought was interesting was this new Meyer sound which said it comes from San Francisco oh well, Meyer Sound might have quoted it. It's a system called Constellation. And it says it's tiny microphones and speakers that are placed throughout the restaurant and piped into a computer so noise levels can be monitored and adjusted automatically. Wow. And I was kind of fascinated by that. Oh, that's amazing, be- yeah. Because it was comparing it to uh, music with the different levels of, of having bass or different different sound. when it comes, because sound all has different levels tones right. and basically saying it can adjust the tones, So I guess speaking voices or the, the pleasant noise is louder than the unpleasant noise. Oh, wow. That's I'm not amazing. even sure how it works. Oh, wow. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> but it, I was fascinated seeing that wow. there is this sort of technology right. that
1: they're, that's being invented. Which is very expensive, as we we're saying in the article, too. That's the only well, thing. You're, it's yeah. an investment. But I think it's a worth it investment. I really do. But like you said, some restaurants, you need that kind of energy of the loud and obnoxious. (laughs) You don't want a, a,
2: you know, a quiet restaurant completely where you hear a pin drop or that empty restaurant. You want some bit of noise or music, but I think you want to have a conversation
1: and not be shouting. Right. Again, it depends on your night. Some people like don't mind that once in a while. And then they're I want to, I want to have a nice conversation with my girlfriend when I'm out for dinner. So I guess it depends, but I think this is a great, great invention. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, so that was a good article. And then another thing caught my eye the other day was on Eater, mm-hmm. talking about how Massimo Botoro, yeah. Enrique Olvera, and Andoni Luis Aderez, <laughs> if I, got, I hope I I don't know how to pronounce his name, <laughs> but anyways, they're amazing, uh, world's 50 best, best chefs list, right. and um, they've decided that they're gonna collaborate on a restaurant in Cuba, right? and. Uh, these, I mean,
1: Massimo in the article said he's up for the challenge, right? It is they don't eat. know where they're going to get their food. They're saying yeah. they get in, in, imported from, uh, export. I'm sorry, from Canada. I'm like, okay, how fresh is it going to be? So that's yeah. going to be a struggle. I'm not sure how they're going to do it, but I'm not
2: sure either. But you know, they're saying it will likely be called pasta tapas and tacos. Tapas, yeah. I mean, well, their chefs, you know, Mexico, Spain, and, and Italy. Yeah. So they're representing all of them. I mean, it's it's a huge. Huge news, right. you know that they're doing this.
1: I'm so. definitely eager to go try. That's for sure. They can, if they can execute this. This is going to be amazing.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah. I didn't have any desire to go to Cuba, and all of a sudden, now, yeah, I, have, was, I have. a little like, one. Oh my God, okay. So influenced yeah. by chefs. Yeah, right. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> it's so. pretty crazy. Yeah. Okay. So that was the news. And the other article to check out um, in the Times today, Pete Wells talks about how restaurants and bars are sort of merging merging the line between and how a lot of bars have opened lately but are doing great food and mm-hmm. sort of this, uh, what's, how do you decipher between them? Right, right. Um, it was an interesting article
1: as well. Yeah, I didn't get to read
2: it. I will definitely read it. Did they mention any places in particular at all? He talked about, um, we talked about Aldo Sam. He talked mm-hmm. about some Brooklyn places. He talked about El uh Comado Butchery, mm-hmm. Seamus's Place, right. basically saying it's a bar that right. you, you know, even though it was promoted as a restaurant, right. but he was saying it's one of those places you would probably just show up and meet your friends right? and not make a reservation. Mm-hmm. So he was saying that line between a bar and a restaurant has okay. kind of been crossed. Right. It was a good read. Yeah.
1: I will get definitely read that. Okay.
2: Great, okay, we're gonna take one more break, come back and do my solo dining experience. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience, which this week is at 27 Restaurant in Miami Beach. Here's the rundown. Location, 2727 Indian Creek Drive at the Freehand Hotel and Hostel. The concept, global-inspired American fare and cocktails set in a restored 1930s house. The chef, James Saba, in collaboration with Bar Lab's Alad V and Gabriel Orta, and Seidel Group's Roy Alpert. Why did I go? Because I'm a fan of the Freehand's award-winning cocktail bar, The Broken Shaker, and wanted to give its new restaurant a try. My experience. After having trouble parking and resorting to the pricey valet, I entered 27 hungry for brunch. I settled at a table for two and began to relax and enjoy the homey atmosphere and warm service. What did I get? I went with the large shakshuka with ZBT bread, which stands for Zach the Baker, plus coffee, and since I initially asked for iced coffee or a cold brew, which they didn't have except a cocktail version, they then nicely sent one out for me on the house sans alcohol. My take? I love the shakshuka with its rich tomato sauce. I figured it would be a nice Uh, It would be great since Alad grew up in Israel, and this dish is an Israeli breakfast of champions. And my cold brew concoction, sweetened with coconut milk, tasted like liquid dessert. The scene. Miami locals. Perfect for homestyle cooking in a chilled South Beach setting with optional patio seating. Interesting tidbit. The Broken Shaker won Best American Hotel Bar at this year's Tales of a Cocktail. Personal fun fact. I met Alain a couple years ago when I was solo dining at Lure Fish Bar in South Beach. It was good to see him again. The cost, $14, not including tax and gratuity, plus $20 valet. Would I go back? Yes. Website, thefreehand.com. Have you been down there, Jeannie?
1: Never. No, not to that particular restaurant you're speaking of, no. Well, the
2: restaurant's new, but have you been to Broken Shaker? Oh, no, never to Broken Shaker It's very cool. Yeah. It's, It's... after after my meal, I I went in the patio and just chilled out. They have this nice like nice. It's just got a nice vibe. Where is the music it again? where it's twenty seventh. Uh, so it's 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 kind of it's a little north of of what's happening with the W and the oh, okay. and the new one hotel. Right. So it's twentieth like off of Collins. It's nice. it's on Indian Creek Drive, which is the parallel street to Collins. Oh okay. So it's just, yes. it's kind of that mid-South Beach area that's right. been developing. Okay. Um, yeah. It's very cool. Worth checking out. Definitely will when I'm in Miami. Okay. Thanks. Now, it's time for the final question. So my next guests are Karen Page and Andrew Dornenberg. They are a wife and husband writing team, award-winning authors of culinary books, including The Flavor Bible, What to Drink with What to Eat, and Becoming a Chef. They've written a lot of amazing mm-hmm. books. Yeah. Uh, so, Jeannie, what shall I ask Karen and Andrew?
1: How they started their careers? I, I did. I, I looked them up today. I, the, how many books they've written and how many awards they won? It's amazing. How did they even start? How did they get themselves into this industry to begin with? Yeah, were they always writers, or did they just kind of? How did it happen for them? Yeah, I want to know. Yeah. that's a good question. Okay, that's the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was great. Well, thank you
2: for coming <laughs> out. It's been it's been great having you. I've been talking to Jeannie Voltsinis. She's the chef concierge at the Viceroy New York Hotel in Midtown Manhattan. Their website's ViceroyHotelsAndResorts.com. On Twitter, you can follow at York. On Instagram, you can follow Jeannie at JVVolts. Haven't figured out why you're not on Twitter. (laughs) I know. We have to get you on Twitter. I have to get on there, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But but it's good. Got you on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry. And my Facebook page is All in the Industry, and my website's BayerPublicRelations.com. As a reminder, all of our shows are archived on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We are also on Stitcher and iTunes, so you can listen to our shows anytime, anywhere. Thanks to Jeannie, to my awesome engineer, Jack, to all my sponsors and everyone listening. I'm Sherry Bayer, and I'll be back next Wednesday with another live show at 4 o'clock. Thanks for being part of All in the Industry. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org.
2: You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at Heritage Radio, Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.